0: From Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actor Matt Hill, and your announcer, me, Bell Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Mr. Dennis Daniel. Yo, it's me, it's me, it's D-D-P.
1: of all ages, you have tuned in to Blog Talk Radio's hottest talk show segment, The Dennis Daniel Show. I am your host, I am Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Dennis Daniel. And I'm going to be the personality that turns 25 this week. That's right, I turned 25 years old and I am celebrating in the biggest way that I know how. We are wheeling out the chunky pups, the pudding skin, and of course, the jawbreakers. Because tonight on the Dennis Daniels show, we have got voice actor Matt Hill. Now for those of you who don't know who Matt Hill is, then obviously you didn't have a great childhood like I did. Because Matt Hill is best known as everyone's favorite no chin having, one eyebrow wearing, chicken loving, jawbreaker licking, everyone's favorite lump, Single-D-Ed from the iconic Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And with Cartoon Network turning 20 years old this year, we had to break out some of the Cartoon Network stars, and none other than Ed, Ed, and Eddie is a staple in the Cartoon Network dynasty. Let's face it, you can have your chowder and your flapjack and your gumball, but a core list of cartoons that made up the 90s for Cartoon Network included such titles as Cow and Chicken... Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory, The Powerpuff Girls, and of course, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Now, for those who have never seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie, you missed out because Ed, Ed, and Eddie was, is, and forever will be one of Cartoon Network's greatest cartoons ever made. You know what? It might even be one of the greatest cartoons ever made. It focuses around the lives of three teenage kids. You know, Ed, Ed Double D, and Eddie and their attempts to get money to buy the unnormally huge jawbreakers that fill the fill the city of Peach Creek. We didn't learn about the name of the city until the Valentine's Day special, apparently. All this during the dog days of summer. You know, summer when you're a teenager, especially being a kid, it's a wonderful time. You get to sleep in, you get to stay up late, hang out with your friends, go to the swimming hole. You know, but if, if I lived in the cul-de-sac with Ed and Eddie, it'd be a, a laugh and a half, because these guys did everything to get the money to buy Jawbreakers. They hypnotized their friends. They built a rocket car. They uh, tried to use Johnny 2 by 4 to annoy money out of the kids. Uh, I, I even believe they tried to uh, convince Rolf that he went back to his homeland in an episode. And that's where we got the infamous, That's My Horse. And of course, one of the stars of that show... Matt Hill voices everyone's favorite love, Ed. Now, why does everyone love Ed? Is it because he's articulate? Because he's debonair? I don't think so. I mean, the guy, if you've seen his room, ugh, puts mine to shame, actually. He has seagulls in his room. That's something. And, of course, uh, aside from Ed, uh, Matt Hill's also known as the infamous Kevin Keene, also known as Captain N, the Game Master. Of course, in the uh, 80s, Captain N was a uh, series that mixed in this regular teenage kid and sent him to a world called Videoland, which was comprised of different video game titles like Mega Man, Donkey Kong, Castlevania, and... It was really cool because he got to work alongside so many great people that he would work with later on in his career. But, of course, I can't do a good enough job explaining it, so I prepared a small demo reel of some stuff that makes Matt Hill so incredible. So let's take a quick listen.
0: Ah, oh, well, it took you long enough. I suppose that you had finished up all your pancakes because I could happen to notice you didn't bring me any leftovers. Aw, oh, Kiro. You know, Sakura, I was thinking about the incident at the aquarium. You said the penguin and trainer almost drowned. Mm-hmm. Well, penguins are strong swimmers, and the trainers, there are naturals in the water. And even if the drain did open up, it shouldn't have had enough power to keep them both down. That's really something I'd expect from you, eh? It's really something I wanted to do, Devil Green.
1: woo Demolition Derby, boys!
0: go crash, Ed! I've seen better, Eddie. What? Look, the tractor is still intact. You could have done a lot more with the tree, and you've hardly wrecked Kevin's fence. And the steering wheel should be rammed over your head, like...
1: It's war, I tell ya! Slide on the soap!
0: Slide on that soap! Slide on that soap! Slide on, I hope. What? How did we get here? I'm in Belmont, Kid Icarus, Mega Man? And you must be Captain (laughs) M. You guys aren't real. You're just selling computer plates in my game cartridges. Wow, they're real. Where am I? Well, you're in video land. The Ultimate Warp Zone brought you here. You mean like Warp Zone 4 and Super Mario Brothers? Something like that. The legend foretold of you coming to help restore freedom to our world. That's why it gave you that super power pad and zapper. Me restore freedom to Video Land? Hey, I don't even have my driver's license yet. And this is has the toy. This can't be happening to me. So what if he did use us? You don't care? <laughs> The Band of Seven were originally mercenaries. We were hired by clan lords, and they didn't give a damn about us either. When we became too strong and dangerous for them, they hunted us down and chopped off our heads. I never trusted Naraku right from the very start. But now I'm resurrected, I can do as I please. I'll kill anyone that gets in my way, even if it happens to be Naraku. It's all about greed, Inuyasha. We're all the same. That dried up old Saint Hakushin, the dead priestess, even you. You live only because of your insatiable hunger for life. So, as you can see, Matt Hill has had a prominent
1: career in voice acting. And aside from voice acting, he's also known as Raphael from the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action movie and Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation. So not only are we going to get a little bit of an aspect about voice acting, we're also going to learn a little bit about live action acting, and there's even rumors that he hung out with Jackie Chan on the set of Shanghai Nights. Is it true? Is it false? I guess we'll find out when we start the interview. Let's get right into this. I'm excited. Birthday week, turning 25, things are going super fine, got my CM Punk t-shirt on, and I'm excited, excited, excited. So here we go. My guest tonight is a very prominent voice actor who's best known as Single D Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Kiro from Cardcaptors, Bonkotsu from Inuyasha, Raphael from Minted Turtles, The Next Mutation, and the third installment of the live-action TMNT movie series. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, give it up for the one, the only, Mr. Matt Hill! You bet, Sweet Bivy, is this who I think it is?
0: Um. Well, um, I, uh, uh, I, I somehow worked through a, um, a Mega Man, um, thing with my buddy Kiro, um, as well as I had to run away from not only the Kanker Sisters, but from this really evil guy named Ban Kutsu. Um, but then my turtle brother, um, Raphael helped me to find my way to you, um, with some jawbreakers and gravy cakes for you.
1: I'm not worthy, Ed. I'm not worthy, Ed. I'm, I'm not, not
0: worthy. Oh, uh, brother. Wow. You know, I, 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 uh, what, what an intro. I haven't heard some of that stuff in a long time. Well, see, Matt, here at the
1: Dennis Daniels Show, we like to give the audience a full retrospective on some of the voice acting guests greatest highlights. And of course, that's not all of them. But if we had all of them in the intro, we'd be here all day. And we know that you, the prominent voice actor, have a lot to do. And I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to to do this. This is like a a birthday present to me because, again, Ed Ed and Eddie made a core chunk of my childhood. And I say that about Pokemon and WWE and Mario, but Ed, Ed and Eddie, if there was anything that I could count on, is that those three Eds would find themselves in some pretty crazy shenanigans.
0: Uh, yep, you and me both brother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, well, you know, I mean, doing doing as many seasons as we did of Ed, Ed, and Nettie. you know, um, honest honest, it felt like we were truly living, you know, in Peach Creek and, you know, at the end of the cul-de-sac with that, like, long, endless summer. Uh, cause, uh, you know, me and uh Sam who plays um uh Double D as well as Tony who plays um uh, Eddie, uh, you know, we also became like really amazing friends through that too, you know. So um, you know, art imitating life or uh or vice versa, you know?
1: Hey, you cannot get any better than that. And again, Ed and Eddie was the dream yeah. of a lot of teenage boys, including myself and my co host John Pokemon. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. So what sure. got you interested in acting?
0: You know it's one of those things where you know I, I without sounding uh what's the word cliche um it was something I kind of felt like I was born to do you know it was uh kind of a proverbial light bulb moment when um you know me and me and a couple of the girls that lay, that lived on my cul de sac actually growing up uh up here in uh up in Vancouver, Canada. Um, we used to do these, um, you know, these sort of like variety show things, you know, underneath the streetlight and cause it just shone down on us just perfectly. And, uh, you know, so they were my doo-wop girls and I was sort of like, you know, the, you know, the middle stuff inside the Oreo cookie. And, um, you, we, we would do these like song and dance things. And, you know, before we knew it, we had like the rest of the, you know, the cul-de-sac people were, you know, coming and seeing us, all the other neighborhood kids. And, you know, it turned on to kind of like monkey hour on a Sunday night, you know, so, um, you know, I thought it was always kind of funny when, especially when Ed, Ed and Eddie came along, you know, that like literally these, you know, these three kids and all their friends, you know, they're hanging out on the cul-de-sac. I'm like, I totally know that life, you know, uh, to, yeah, it was wild. It was, you know, I mean, obviously it was a, you know, it's a, it's been a 25 year, you know, unbelievably incredible journey. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, I do remember that moment, you know, when I thought, wow, maybe I could do this like, you know, for real. You know, and, um, and it, it was, you know, pretty, pretty early on in my life. And so, you know, I kind of, kind of began. I mean, I almost quit high school, um, you know, after the 10th grade because I was like, okay, now I know what I want to do. So come on, let's just get on with it. And, uh, you know, thankfully my dad can convince me to, you know, stay till the 12th grade and, you know, graduate. And then, uh, and then basically it was like, you know, the rest is history, really.
1: Well, you know, education is really important. And it sounds like, you know, that was the, um, the opening door to, to, to a very, very, very wonderful career.
0: Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's like anything, right? It's, you know, you, you, you definitely get your very bestest learning on the job. I mean, you know, there's no, there's, there's, you know, there's like a thousand classes that could not get you more ready than, you know, your first day in the studio. And when, you know, that red light goes on and it's like, (gasps) okay, here we go, you know, and, you know, you got to make it happen because, you know, in, in some respects, you've got, you know, a, a few shots to get it right, you know, um, you know, and I was very, very fortunate because I also started doing my craft. Um, I mean, I you know I started with like, like the film industry was was starting to really, you know, heat up here in Vancouver when I was, you know, and still in high school. And so that kind of, you know, in a bit, it kind of it kept me from chewing at the bit too much, um, you know, when I'd made the decision to stay in school till, you know, till after, and then really pursue my career, but you know I was able to do enough stuff while I was still going to school, that you know I learned my chops, and so that when I got my um, you know my first official radio gig, which was a, uh, um, do you guys have um your your national radio down there's is NPR isn't it
1: National Public Radio where they talk like
0: this yeah okay they
1: talk all close and
0: quiet yeah. It's a great thing. You know, we have the same thing in Canada and it's called the CBC. And, um, you know, I I ended up getting um, one of the very last um, live recorded radio plays that they used to do. And um, it was amazing because, you know, every Friday for three years. You know, I'd trundle down to this location where we, we did it at this local, you know, market called Granville Island down here in Vancouver, and, you know, literally for five minutes, we'd be live across the country, like uncensored, no, you know, bleep button, so I'd even have to write, like, on my hands, don't swear, <laughs> you know, and things like that, just so that I made sure that, you know, um, you know, that didn't happen, and uh, it was it was probably one of the greatest ways to sort of, like, get my chop on, and... You know, and, and then as they say, you know, a lot of, you know, working with the, the the people I got to work with on that, they then introduced me to, you know, the local voiceover scene here in Vancouver. And, you know, subsequently, I guess what, about a year after that was when I got my first shot, you know, in animation. And that's when Captain and the Game Master came into town. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it seems that the CBC has been a big door for a lot of voice actors. When we talked with Kathy Westlick in February, she talked about... Oh, hey, hey. cool. you talk to Kathy? She's awesome. Oh, oh gosh. Dude, you, oh, I, I think I,
0: she la- is very sparkly.
1: Yes, I learned a lot from Kathy. One, yeah. she still got a shampoo. Two, never, never, <laughs> never, 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 ever, ever say to her, you've never seen Cyber 6.
0: Whoa. Uh,
1: and three, <laughs> I like shampoo.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: God. She, she is She is something else. And, of course, you worked on a, a Rama one-half as well. You were also a Penny Hostaro. In
0: Thank the- you. Yes, I was. Yeah.
1: Yep. Kind of a yep. kind of yep. weird Absolutely. name there, Penny Taro. But then again, I guess Rama hey. one-half wasn't about, you know, normal names.
0: <laughs> you are right there. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, I've been really, like I said, so blessed because – You know, our whole Vancouver, um, you know, acting scene, film, television and, you know, especially voiceover, we all grew up together. You know, I mean, we're all, you know, me and Kathy and, you know, my, like I said, my buddies who, you know, I did Ed, Ed and Eddie with and and everybody else in town here. I mean, we all kind of started working on tunes and, and other stuff like, you know, kind of all around the same time. So, you know, it was a really, really cool time, you know, and you know, to now be like looking at like, Oh my God, like I'm now at year 25. It's like, what, where's the years go? <laughs> you know, but it's cool because I just feel like it, you know, especially being an actor, it's always changing and it's always unfolding. And, you know, um, just when you think that, Oh, okay, maybe the jig is up, you know, you end up scoring just an amazing new gig that takes you on a whole new chapter, you know? So, you know, I mean, I, I I don't think any of us thought that Ed, Ed, and Eddie was going to go eight seasons, and I don't know, how many movies did we do? What, like three? No, I think you did three you know? specials. You did
1: Hanky, yeah. Hanky, Hullabaloo, Ed, and Eddie's Boo Ha Ha, yep. and the Jingle, Jingle, Jangle. Then you had Ed, and Eddie's Big Picture Show.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it you know, and and like you say I I think we were we were thinking at the beginning going like, well, okay, great if we do a season, awesome. You know, and then uh but then Danny Antonucci, the uh, absolute creative genius behind this whole thing, um, you know, he kept saying, well, boys, our numbers are good. Don't you know, keep going and don't suck. <laughs> you know, it was uh, so it was a, it was a real testament to you know not only you know the the brilliance that he put together, but then as you say, you know Cartoon Network believing in this show and and you know really helping to get it out there. And you know, um, I you know I, I humbly say we did some big kicking of urses around the planet. You know, it was uh, it's a very uh, I feel I feel very you know blessed to to have been a part of it. You know. Because like every now I get you know invited to go to animation conventions and say you know do a radio show like yours, um, and it, it's so great to you know f- to hear from people who like you'd said you know Ed Ed and Eddie especially had been such a huge effect on their childhood, you know um, I just I love that moment of. You know, I, I was actually announcing a bike race um, in uh, Southern California last week, and so you know, completely unrelated to you know what I was doing there. You know, I'm 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 announcing this you know this cycling event, and all of a sudden I just for whatever reason I broke into I said like an headline. You know, I think I said something like you know like okay you crazy racers have a great ride, and the two girls that were beside me, um, they you see this look of like did you just say what I think you just said, <laughs> and look at them I'm like. You like that (laughs) nutty? They're like, "Oh my god, that was our childhood!" (laughs) You know, so it it crosses every line, and you know, um, it's a real honor to have been part of.
1: Well, I've said it before, Matt, and I'll say it again. There is no show on Cartoon Network like Ed and Eddie. I mean, you can have, you can have all the Johnny Bravo and Dexter and Cow and Chicken and Ben 10 and Chowder and all that stuff. You can have, you can even throw an Adventure Time in there, but nothing will come close to to Ed and Eddie. That show pushed so many boundaries in in Cartoon Network's history, and it just, it redefined what it meant to be a cartoon, which is why I say Ed and Eddie is Cartoon Network's greatest cartoon series.
0: Wow. Greatest cartoon series. Yeah, but you know what? I would have to agree with you there, Dennis. As, um you know, like I say, it was uh it was just a blast, you know, to be part of and um, you know, and even even more so too, you know. I mean, Double D has become one of my best friends in the whole world, you know. So I mean it's it, it's like I mean the payoffs are just huge and you know, to now know um I don't know I'm not sure if you know, but I um I ran around North America a few years ago. Um, on a, on a run tour that I, um, created called run for one planet. And it was literally to run marathons, um, around, you know, across Canada and around the perimeter of America, um, to talk to kids mainly, um, about, you know, making healthy choices for themselves and and the planet and using, you know, our action of running a marathon every day to, you know, to to sort of like inspire them forward. And I tell you, I never in my wildest dreams would I realize that it was also all the cartoons that I had done, especially, um, Ed, Ed and Eddie and, and then, you know, my buddy, Raphael, um, in Ninja Turtles that would completely help us like instantly connect with, you know, kids, young and, young and old. Right. You know, and, and, and it was amazing because instantly, you know, we were brought in like they already knew us, you know, because, you know, I'd be like, hello, everybody who wants to help me save the planet? <laughs> you know, you get 1800 kids going, I want to save the planet with Ed. <laughs> you know it was uh, it was pretty amazing and and very humbling as well at the same time i kind of find that i a bit ironic considering
1: ed's dietary intake of Gravy, pudding skin, chunky (laughs) puffs, jawbreakers. And the fact that he runs, you know, runs with his back going,
0: (laughs) oh. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I don't know how many times I had to run across gymnasiums, you know, sort of like cranking my back and my head backwards, you know, and uh, running across the floor. But, you know, like I said, it was like. I mean, what a, what an honor and a gift to be part of something like that, you know? And I mean, uh, you know, and I, and I swear to God, I, we all, we all wondered whether we were going to get fired after the first show, you know, cause you know, we had no idea how it was going to go. Cause you know, even the, even the road to getting, um, to be on at Ed and Eddie, you know, was usually you do maybe one or two, maybe three auditions, you know, to get the part and then you start recording. Well, you know, um, Danny Antonucci had such a like a you know, like a crystal clear vision of what he wanted the voices and the characters to sound like. And so I think it was unprecedented in, in Vancouver at that point. I think we did something like fourteen callbacks, you know, to to finally get the nod to do this show and I know the one thing that finally threw it over the edge for me, and I was because I, I was at one point I was so frustrated because I I didn't think I was nailing it, and literally I I tapped the microphone, and so the engineer said it sounded kind of like you know, doof, 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 and I just went oh, uh, uh hello uh how do you get water from this thing here, and it was the first time Danny absolutely broke up laughing, and he's like that's Ed, that's Ed right there, <laughs> and you know two hours later it's like you got the part I'm like sweet. <laughs> So anytime I was kind of confused about, you know, where's Ed, I would just literally go like, um, where do you get water from this thing? And you know, it would bring me right back. You know, in voiceover land, they call that uh, the tagline of the character. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Well, that I think that that is just. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I we're we are so way off right now and I just can't. I, I just love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> well that is great. I hope you have um some ways to keep the enthusiasm in the room, but if not then well send it off with um some chunky pups and some gravy cakes, okay?
1: Okay, hang on. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay.
1: Best. <laughs> this is the best birthday <laughs> ever. Best birthday uh, Oh yeah, uh, happy uh, birthday, friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: BluntTalkRadio dot com. This is the Dennis Daniels show. We've got Matt Hill, best known as Ed from Ed and Eddie, and Captain in the Game Master from the self Park hey, series. Dude. Oh god. Okay, well, let's let's dive into this. Uh, one of your earliest known roles is a uh, Kevin Keene from Captain in the Game Master. Uh, what was it like working on the show, and what did you think of his character?
0: Oh man, talk about like jumping in with both feet because you know, like I said, I would, you know, I'd been doing this radio show for, um, a couple of years. And so, you know, I, I, at least thank God I'd, you know, been in, um, been in front of the microphone or sorry, is that in front of the microphone or behind it? I always get confused. Hmm. I wonder, well, whatever way I was, I spoke into it and it made sounds. So, um, but I, uh, you know, I'd had, uh what do you call it i mean experience already but then you know i mean this was kind of a big deal for me and everybody that was connected with captain n because it was the first sort of like you know it was a it was a big you know it was an um uh what do you call it an nbc show right and uh, you know so it was going to get like the full saturday morning cartoon ride and you know um and and you know at one point they were talking about doing sort of like a spin off um, and you know, I remember them saying, you know, that there was a possibility I that I'd have to go to LA to, you know, maybe do some promo for the show and, you know, blah 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 blah, all that stuff. So, you know, at, at eight I guess what was I, I was nineteen at that time. Um, you know, it was just like, Wow, this is unbelievable <laughs> You know, and then getting to work with, you know, everybody that like I said, we we were all awesome in our own right and at the same time we were all pinching ourselves because it was like, Oh my god, this is the best, you know, the best gig ever. Um and I think that was you know Honestly, one of those shows that I think probably could have gone, you know, five seasons. Um, But at the same time, I guess, you know, in cartoon land, you know, it wasn't it wasn't quite doing the numbers, I guess, that they needed it to do after season two. And, you know, so, um, you know, off we went. But, you know, like I say, for me, it's really cool because it was kind of one of those iconic early, you know, um, uh, cartoons where you know they, they mixed you know sort of like that new genre of um, you know video gaming and you know with with sort of classic cartoons right.
1: What made Captain N unique was that it took, I believe at the time, released games for the you know just recently released Nintendo Entertainment System and tied them yeah. in and you got and you even got a couple a couple little hints on uh, how to beat some of your favorite games like in the first episode Kevin and Video Land he talks about the Warp Zone in Level 4 of Super Mario Brothers, where if you go into four two and you go all the way in the, in the sewer level and you go all the way past it, you can enter a Warp Zone, which will take you to either a five, 5 or 6. So it's, it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of a hint-hint show. And I, and, right. and, and I believe that Nintendo also intended it, you know, to tie in so they could promote some of the games that were coming out at the time, like Punch-Out!!, uh-huh. Kid Icarus. Final Fantasy, Zelda Two, Link's Awakening, or The Legend of Link, and um, you know, just it it was, it felt like you know, it was a a a show to promote you know, video games. Yep. And um, yep, totally. And of course, you know, many fans have mixed emotions. It's it's cheesy, it's corny, Mm -hmm. it's 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 weird because a lot of them complain because some of the characters. Do not represent what they thought their video game counterparts could be. Like a big complaint right. is for Mega Man, everyone in the game saw that Mega Man was blue, where they had him in in a Captain N as a green, and now he's going, always adding Mega to everything, like Mega High, and 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 that and many thought right. that was annoying. Or or for a Kid Icarus when he would add a, 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 like a like your Heinekus. And, and, and everyone – oh, man, I got friends who just say, just shoot me now. Please shoot me. What, what, what did you think of of, of the of working on the show, especially with such a colorful cast like the voice actors like uh, Ian uh, Corbett, uh, Scott McNeil? You even got to work with uh, the iconic Frank Welker, who many know as Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. So what was it like working uh-huh. on the show?
0: Oh, I mean, like you say, we, we were all, you know – um up here in Vancouverland patched in with um you know the wonderful folks in LA and um you know back in the early days the phone patch even and uh it was it was just awesome because, you know, every every show we were kind of on the seat of our pants because, you know, half the time you're you're absolutely trusting in, you know, what it is that you got going on and at the same time, you know, going like, Oh my God, you know, this is so much fun and you know, we'd we'd often um you know, Ian Corlett well again, he's he's turned he's one of my best friends and, you know, Gary Chalk was in it. He played Hippo and you know, and Eggplant Wizard, um, you know, Mike Donovan and um you know, we all sort of like got our create on, um, if that you know, if that makes any sense in terms of like, you know, us all kind of our finding our sweet spots, right, for you know, for these characters and, you know, um, realizing that, you know, we were sort of part of this, you know, this thing that they were creating. And, you know, I remember f- watching the first episode and was like, ah, you know, hearing myself, not because I'd heard myself on the radio a lot already, but, you know, to actually watch TV and see my voice coming out of this character, you know, that had been 10 for, Ke- you know, for Kevin. And I was like, hey, that's me. <laughs> it was kind of cool, you know? It does sound like you
1: had a lot of fun doing the show, I mean nineteen years old, playing video games uh, with the power to enter the it, video game realm, and, and you gotta love the power pause, you gotta love the power pause,
0: oh absolutely, man. You know that's why I say you know you realize cartoons, man, it's a good thing <laughs>
1: yes, I, I bet you at least dollars to donuts that. The sale of NES controllers and zappers went up because Kevin just made it look like a badass. Heck, I go to anime conventions and and I you would not believe how many Captain N cosplayers I see. Be,
0: really? Wow! I, I'm not lying. If I'm lying, I'm done. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, you know, I'm I I, I just got back from um, Stan Lee's convention in uh, Los Angeles. Um, which was went back in September, and um, that was one of the first times that I'd actually ended up having a, a pretty cool dialogue with a, with a couple of Captain N fans, and um, and so it was cool because you know it's I, yeah I, it's like okay this might make sense you you get the opportunity to kind of in a way hold court you know and and I get to do it by just doing talking characters and doing you know doing different voices that I've done and and it's kind of cool because that's that's what connects us all you know um in this that's that's what i think is so brilliant about you know obviously being able to do cartoons um you know obviously and on top of you know being part of some of the film projects that i've been able to do over the years as well it's it's um i don't know i just finding that as i go along it's that connection point with people that you know when they share how much you know this particular show or this particular character Really help them through, you know, say school or really help them through a really tough time in their life. And, you know, um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm asked to, uh, you know, to phone and say at an animation convention. Um, I'll do that as part of, as part of my talk. You know, we'll have a section where you know somebody will come up and ask if I could maybe you know phone somebody who's you know in the hospital or somebody who's had an accident or you know you know hopefully not for for too many people but you know this one lady you know her son was in the hospital and I you know he was fighting cancer in a big way and so for me to be able to phone you know and and like to you know and do Raphael. And, you know, any of the other shows that I've done and know that it's going to help inspire that person to, you know, keep fighting in that respect or, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, they're saying thank you to me. And I'm like, dude, dude, that. Thank you. <laughs> you know, um, I wouldn't be doing this if you weren't also, you know, such big fans and, and all that. So, you know, you get what I'm saying? It, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's such a win-win, right? I mean, that's that's what I think is so brilliant about, especially cartoons, you know?
1: Yeah, it's a we can do anything
0: in cartoons.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a symbiotic relationship in a sense. You know, you give us. I always... like
0: how you say that, Dennis. It is a symbiotic. What is that again? Symbiotic. Ed. A, yeah, symbiotic. Yes. A symbiotic. Symbiotic lock kick.
1: Vintage Ed.
0: Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Okay.
1: Well, that's actually a great tangent. So we we we've got to get into this. We'll talk about the uh, the character of Major Career in the show that made my childhood. Uh, one of your best known okay. roles is, of course, Ed from the iconic Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, you've already talked about working on the uh, program, and uh, and you talked about how to um, how you developed Ed's uh, character. Uh, what is the thing you like most about Ed?
0: He is the best looking of all of us. That is what I think, in my humble opinion. Um, And um, don't ask one of the Kanker sisters, though, because um, she will, well, they think I'm kind of a big deal, too. But (laughs) um, I like playing Ed because he has a big heart. Um, He runs very fun, funny. Um, And also he is, like I said, he has... Quite a ladies' man, and he can dance the light, fantastic.
1: I think Ed is is a character that we can all relate to because there are days when we just have that uh, you know that derp moment, and, and we and we want to say the most the most stupidest thing. There, there you go. Now, now, I'm doing it now, and now I'm proud of it. But Ed just he he reflects what makes makes humanity so great. You know, in, in a time when. There's war and the economy and we and the devastation from all the mega storms. You know, there's a way that we can all look into ourselves and find that that ignorant bliss. And I gotta tell you, if ignorance is bliss, Ed is the king.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know you're you're totally right, man. I mean, it's uh, you know, you nailed it. It's like look at everything that's going on in the world right now. It's it's you know, and and that's real and. What I always—it's funny because it wasn't until I ran around North America and had those magic experiences with people sharing, you know, how much you know these characters I'd played had had affected their lives, and and helped me connect with them as I was running through their you know the different towns. Um, but it made me really look at exactly what you're talking about now. Is it, it rededicated me, um, especially when I got home to go okay, if I'm going to do cartoons and and movies and TV for the rest of my life. Let it be about this, you know, let it be about not only doing the best, most fun jobs that I can do, but hopefully that continues to, you know, spread this joy um, and and inspiration to people, um, you know, through the realities of, of just, you know, all of us living here on planet Earth, you know what I mean? Um, and it's cool because, you know, I was always super grateful for the jobs that I have and and that I would do. Um, but I truly always thought that they just went led to another job for me to be able to have this great life that I was, you know, really grateful to, to live. Um, but it feels like a sort of, you know, I've been able to go about, you know, 28 feet deep er, uh, on the experience. And so, you know, hopefully that makes sense. It's, um, you know, I guess if it was from Eddie he would say, I am, uh, I am fully a uh, card carrying member of the inspiration team. You know, so I say bring on the gravy cakes and milk and jawbreakers and you know, let's have a little more Christmas spirit, shall we? Well because yeah, Christmas is know? right
1: around the corner and one thing that I'm down yes, to Yes do it so I'm is gonna, Yes it is.
0: Yep. Holly Jolly Holly Gonna gonna get ready for Santa Santa Uh, you know what Um, just so you know Dennis that is my most favorite episode of Ed Ed and Eddie I just have to say that Christmas special absolutely like the scene where Ed literally like rips down the house basically pulling you know double D uh, or no, was it Eddie or Double D? I can't remember. But you know, pulls them through and with all the Christmas lights and you know, and then he's getting you know, getting everything set up for Santa with, with everything. I just thought, oh, that is Ed, man. I love that guy.
1: <laughs> I, I, I love that and the episode La Ed,
0: where they yeah, that a- was pretty good too. <laughs> and they
1: and they go around caroling and they and they sing, a, they sing a song like that. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. So give us some cash. <laughs> Again, absolutely. Jokes. That is just perfect. And I think Ed makes a fantastic elf. Santa would be definitely uh, proud to have Ed as an elf.
0: Absolutely. Well and and all the listeners out there, if they want Ed to come to their mall and um be with Santa as his elf, um just invite me and I will see what I can do.
1: Oh gosh, Ed! I think you at Kimwood Mall. I think that would just light up so many Christmases for everyone. And that would just be fantastic. <laughs> so, um, what is the funniest slash weirdest thing that you've ever said, is Ed?
0: <laughs> is this a PG show or is this a G-rated show? <laughs> um.
1: Uh, well, you know, we have the ability to bleep out stuff in the, in the edit. So, uh,
0: (laughs) no, because it is, uh, we will make it sure that it is general friendly. Um, I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, the very first time I ever said, kick my feet, kick my feet, kick my feet. I just lost the plan. I could not stop laughing. And so every time I would do, uh, you know, an edism like that, I just got the giggles. And I mean, every once in a while, we'd you know, we'd have to stop production for ten minutes because I just couldn't, I just couldn't get through it. You know, Um, I, I'm I'm sorry. I wish I had a more you know. I mean, I've got an R-rated one, but you know that's more of an explanation rather than a saying. Yeah,
1: let's, let, let's, um, not, let's not let's not let's not ruin the childhood <laughs> memories here, Matt. Let's keep it. exactly. I do not want to break your childhood memories. Ed is okay. I uh, I, I think yeah. my personal favorite, it, it comes down to three. It was um, it one episode where they were all flashing back, and uh, Ed just goes, "You bet your sweet pippy I did." <laughs>
0: For, uh,
1: Rowan and Martin's laughing. That was really hilarious. Um, uh, another one was uh let's see, what was it? Um oh, it was the episode uh, a case of Ed where uh double D thinks he has lackadaisy catheter disease and while Ed and Eddie and Ed are uh torturing Kevin S6 is a big toe, he goes, Hello Kevin, why are you such a sad sack? Cause he has been grounded. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> I should be in show business. And my absolute Favorite of all time is four words. Slide on the soap.
0: Slide on the soap. Slide on the soap. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I slide on the soap. <laughs> That's why I have you do the
1: demo reel. That is my absolute all-time favorite thing. Like, uh, can you hear
0: that? It's just
1: it's, it's, you know, I gotta tap out because it's just so
0: great. Brilliant.
1: Okay. So anyway, moving outside of voice acting, you're also known. Yes. As, yes. Outside of voice acting, you're also known as Raphael in the third live-action TMNT movie and in Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. Uh, what was it like Yo. working in a live-action series, and how did it differ from voice acting?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's funny, you know, even with playing, you know, one of the turtles, it was, you know, it's been part of like this really cool, you know, journey in terms of like getting to be part of some, you know, some pretty like some classics, you know, and, you know, being part of like the Ninja Turtle series now, you know, and sort of like the, you know, all the inceptions of it, you know, to, you know, getting to be be able to do it twice. Um I mean at first they asked me to be inside the suit again for um you know the next mutation um and at that point I you know I I remember how hot and humid and uh, and heavy the turtle suit was in you know in in Turtle 3 so I just opted to do you know the voice of Ralph at that point um but you know to be inside the suit and and now again it's wild it's like you know I can I can look back on you know how magic the experience was and you know how how cool it was to be part of sort of like this this franchise and family, um, you know. And I, I mean, we're, we're coming up to like, uh, what are we? We're coming up to like thirty years, or, aren't we on that? Or twenty five years?
1: Um, I, believe, oh, like
0: the...
1: I believe that the uh, turtle series turned twenty five. I believe in two thousand and nine with
0: eleven. Eleven uh, oh,
1: oh, nine. Okay. With the right. release of Turtles Forever, which was the uh, four kids version of the Ninja Turtles movie where the turtles from the modern day meet the 1980s Ninja right. Turtles.
0: Ah, okay, there you go. Uh, but no, it it was so cool, man, because like I said, I, you know, I I'd already cut my chops for my teeth on, you know, doing a lot of voiceover and, you know, I'd always wanted to do film and TV as well. And uh, so it was really cool to be cast as, you know, uh, one of these Ninja Turtles because it also allowed me to take my, you know, my athletic prowess um and you know, the all the all the, you know, running and other stuff that I'd done throughout my life and, and literally jump inside the you know, the turtle suit and you know, I'm like I remember thinking like I'm getting paid to be a turtle? Oh my you know, this is the best job ever and you know, I got to train with um uh a gentleman by the name of Shashir who played Michelangelo, um, he was the stunt you know, the stunt turtle for Michelangelo and he happened to live up here as well and so, you know, we trained together for about eight months beforehand. So, you know, I wasn't a black belt by any means, but, you know, my, my martial arts skills, you know, were they were rather proficient. Well, you know, while we filmed at least, which really helped me because, you know, our Ninja Turtle suits this was old school. Um, you know, I mean our our suits weighed God, probably upwards of about, you know, like 45 pounds on top of, you know, then having the turtle um, like the, you know, the big computer pack and stuff inside our shells, Right. So, you know, it took two weeks just to get used to putting this thing on. And, you know, after getting kicked in the head, I don't know how many times and banging into walls and, you know, banging into the rest of the turtles when we were in scenes because we couldn't see a thing. I and mean, we were blind, deaf and dumb, you know, the ultimate in Kabuki theater, if you know what that is. Right you know um but it was kind of amazing because like like everything else your senses everything else gets really really strong you know being inside that thing and and uh so it was kind of cool i actually felt kind of naked every time i took the turtle suit off while we were while we were um you know filming and then you know when we actually finished finished the whole production you know i kind of went into mourning for about a month going like no i miss playing Raphael. <laughs> you know and at the same time, it was nice to just let my skin breathe after wearing that turtle suit for three months, you know
1: Oh yeah, yeah it, from what I've seen it, it i've seen actually seen photos of you in the turtle costume and taking the head off yeah. you know it, it seems like it is a, a rather a, a rather uh, cool and hot procedure to play Raphael in that turtle suit and that actually brings us to our next question so can you explain to us how the turtle suit actually works because I've always wanted
0: to know yeah. this I, I
1: saw this little special yeah. when I was very little about the uh, about how the costumes work but uh, I kind of forgot yeah. a little bit about it so can you tell us a little bit about it
0: sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah no I mean it was a quite a, quite a laborious um, you know process because as I was saying about the you know the shell and the um, you know the computer pack to kind of finish it all off you know, you literally you started by going in and you got very intimate with your total costumer, um, who for me was a, a lovely lady named Evie who worked um uh on all the Sesame Street stuff. She her her and my and my puppeteer actually, um, his name was Noel, um, he played Snuffle So he was the puppeteer for Snuffle on Sesame Street. And, um, and Evie, my dresser, she came from the, you know, the, uh, the Sesame Street franchise as well. And so, um, she would start by literally talcum powdering me down. Um, and I, and, and with this mix of like, I don't know what the heck it was. It was, you know, sort of like Vaseline and all sorts of different stuff that would kind of, you know, make me powdery and greasy all at the same time. And then I would put this bodysuit on that nowadays you would create some, have you ever heard of that stuff called Under Armour?
1: I, I have heard a, of outer armor,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like it's it like for hockey players and stuff. It basically it's like a first layer of, you know, keeping you insulated. And so in this case I think it was to keep the um you know, the, the all the foam latex rubber and all that stuff off your skin, but um, you know, and also ease of putting it on and off and so so with that then I would put the torso on, so you know, that was the um I guess the you know, the legs and the and the bum and all that stuff and the waist. Um and then I would put the top part on. Um, and she had to hand stitch everything together. That's what took so long it was to sort of, and these things were form fitting, right? Like, um, you know, cause I guess about what, six months prior, um, I'd gone down to, um, the actual, st- uh, studio that did, um, our, our Ninja turtle costumes. Cause on this one, it wasn't the Jim Henson group on turtles three. It was, um, the fine folks from, um, all effects studios out in Burbank, California, And, um, you know, I had done a full body life cast. So picture yourself being covered in the most disgusting paper mache feeling type of stuff um, to the point where you've got two little straws in your nose to literally keep you alive with um, a guy, you know, yelling in your ear to tell you to to, uh, please not ask to come out of this thing until it's set or they'd have to do it all over again. And this was seriously the closest that I've ever felt that I was seriously going to die. (laughs) It was, thank God, it's like when Casey Jones says in, you know, in the first Turtles, you know, when he's, uh, what was it, Donatello said, I think you're claustrophobic. (laughs) Because if you're even one bit claustrophobic, being this turtle, being inside the turtle suit and also the process of actually making it, like your life cast, we'll take you down. <laughs> it was, it was very scary. Um, you know, and, and then lucky for me, I'm a little bit like Ed. So I remember just thinking, okay, think happy thoughts, happy thoughts. And, uh, before I knew it, you know, I, I sort of had fun listening to my, my heartbeat, you know, beating in my brain and, and, you know, I kind of almost had a nap actually. So, um, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, you fast forward to a day on a turtle set, um, you know, basically from start to finish, Um, from that, you know, the talcum powder to the, to the, you know, Under Armour stuff to then being in full turtle GAC, um, would take usually about two hours. And, and then, you know, when we were filming, um, they couldn't really take all that stuff off very easily. So a lot of the time what they did is they just literally, um, took the element out of, um, uh, uh, blow dryers for your hair so that when they blew it, it didn't blow hot air. It blew just, it just literally blew air. And so if it was between takes, they would literally just open up our mouths. So you'd finally see us inside there Um, and they would just blow, you know, cold or warm air, um, you know, inside the thing. So they would keep us, keep us going. And, you know, for me, I mean, I'm a pretty big sweater and so, you know, I probably drank about, oh gosh, maybe four or five gallons of of liquid every single day and I still, you know, I still ended up losing about 15 pounds getting a life cast done, it's, it's weird. Cause like I said, you skirt this, this, you know, this, this point of like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. You know, to like, Ooh, this is strangely comfortable, <laughs> you know? And then same thing being inside the turtle suit. It was just like, ah, oh God, this thing is going to eat me alive, you know? And, you know, cause like we had two turtle heads and, and, you know, with all like the, the gears and the servos and the, you know, the mechanics that were inside this, you know, this head on the outside, it just looked, you know, looked like Raphael or it looked like Donatello or it looked like, you know, Michelangelo. Um, but inside, holy moly, it was just this like collusion of like, you know, moving parts. And, you know, um, all I ever heard was like my mouth just, you know, clamping shut and opening and my eyes, you know, going like, <laughs> and then my puppeteer's, um, voice in my earpiece, <laughs> strangely enough, I'd always hear him saying that, that, you're gonna hit the wall, no, Matt. And I wouldn't hit a, you know, I wouldn't hear him until it was too late. So I'd be like, and he'd be like, I, I, I was trying to tell you five minutes ago.
1: <laughs> well, it, it sure had to be an adventure just getting adjusted to moving around in that in that giant turtle outfit. I mean, if you, oh, see, totally. oh, yeah. if you see some of the cosplayers nowadays and and what they go through yeah. to make their costumes. What they do seems like a walk through a uh, walk through Care Bear land compared to what you had to go through, especially with yeah. the uh, especially with the, the the grease and coating. So, and I can't mm. I, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but in a sense, you did become buttered toast. Yeah,
0: absolutely, we did. I think every as they say, my friend, every experience gets you ready for the another one.
1: Yeah, but yeah, of course, ironically, after the um after the third movie you would also I I don't know if you uh donned the costume again. I know there was a special episode of Power Rangers in Space where the Turtles showed up in an episode. I know that I know if you were in that. Probably not, but um
0: or no, yeah. I didn't yeah, no. No. As I said, I mean when um when the next mutation for Fox um came along, um they shot that up here actually and so um that's why they asked if I would, you know, reprise Raphael again, and um, I said, absolutely, I would love to reprise Raphael, if I could do The Voice, because um, at that point, too, I just kind of felt like, I, you know, I didn't really, I didn't, I just, you know, didn't know if I wanted to get back in the turtle suit for, you know, what, what ended up being for that show. Um, it was about a six-month deal, um, and so, you know, they were like, well, yeah, how about playing The Voice, and I was like, I would love to play The Voice, so, you know... Um, we get to do that. So it was, it was fun. I mean, you know, every once in a while I'd be like, Oh man, that would have been fun to actually be in the suit again and do the voice at the same time, you know, but, um, but it's cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, you love being a turtle, but not that much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, it's like one time is the best, you know, the second time may not be as good, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you know, you at least can say that you got the experience of wearing one of those costumes,
0: oh, and that's something that people get to do. No, exactly. You know, and I, that's what you know. I say I've been, I'm so blessed to you know to do what I do because holy smokes, I'm in mean, amazing man. I get to, you know, I've got to play. Uh, I've got to be a Ninja Turtle. Got to hang out with Jackie Chan and watch him balance things and you know juggle pretty much anything in the room. I think he'd try and, he tried. He would have juggled me if they would have let him, but you know. Was uh yeah, a very, very lucky guy.
1: Yeah, you're actually the second guest we've had to actually got to hang out with Jackie Chan. Uh, earlier this July, uh, during the summer of Bigger Biggerness 2, we got to talk with uh, Christian Potenza, who actually got to okay. star in the tuxedo with Jackie Chan. Oh, nice. So so, so Nice, what, yeah, what Mr. Like? Chan is... What's that? What is Jackie Chan like in real
0: life? What is Jackie in real life? Um, you know what, I'm sure you probably heard the same thing from the other gentleman. Um, but my experience with Jackie was like, you know, first of all, realizing, wow, man, I am, I am getting to work with a legend to begin with. Um, and and also just one of the kindest, um, you know, gentle souls really. Um, you know, and, and he was so funny, you know, I mean, he was very, until I think he got, used to, you know, uh, being on set, say, because at that point, um, Owen Wilson had left, um, you know, to when they were shooting Shanghai Nights. Um, and so it was literally just me and Jackie and, you know, for I guess probably about a week, I guess, doing our scenes. And, and so, you know, at first day he was, you know, he was polite, but he was very quiet. Um, but then I think as he got a little bit more comfortable, we, you know, we were, we were yakking a little bit more because, you know, I mean, you got to remember, you know, English has always been a, a second language. And I mean, you know, Um, he, you know, he, man, talk about a hard worker, the guy, you know, learned everything, but he learned to speak English phonetically, you know? And so, um, that's, you know, that, that'd be like you or me trying to now go over and learn Chinese, you know, very tough thing to do. Um, but you know, just, I mean, the guy's the first class, you know, it was very, it was very cool. And, you know, um, I, I kind of. I, I took my, I took my, what do you call it? I took my leave or whatever, or my nod from one of the crew members, um, you know, came up to me afterwards and he's like, dude, you're going toe to toe with Jackie Chan. Nice work, dude. That guy's a legend. <laughs> I was like, all right, I must be doing a good job. Excellent. <laughs> you I wouldn't know? screw with Jackie uh, Chan personally. I wouldn't screw with totally. him. Because really, that's what it was all about. I was actually really scared because I thought, you know what, this guy's going to kick my butt if I, you know, if if I even get out of line. But uh, no, he was, he was really fun to work with. It was just a, you know, the magic experience again, you know, it was, um, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, I love Westerns and I love, you know, doing, doing all that sort of stuff. But it wasn't until I saw it on, you know, the screen when we went to the premiere, um, you know, a year later or whatever, and I saw it, you know, saw everything. I was like, all right, nice. So it was very, very good to me. So are there any new series that you're
1: working on that you can tell us about?
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm just about to wrap. We've got one more episode, actually, Um, There's 26 new um, Pac-Man episodes. So uh, it's going to be the new version of Pac-Man, and it's going to be in 3D, kids. Um, I play the school bully named Skebo, Totally the best character in the whole show. Um, But uh, yeah, he he kind of like spends every episode trying to, you know, basically – kick the crap out of pac-man and you know make make him not be so popular with everybody you know so it, it's it been fun <laughs> so will he make pac-man go wee 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 wop wop exactly no we're having a blast i mean like i say we're we got a you know we got a great cast of people great directing on it um as well um i got a new show and that that actually should be out i know it's on abc in europe and i think it's going to be on abc kids or abc family and it's called she's out um, we just wrapped that and that's again that's 26 episodes um, and then I don't know do you guys have a show down there called Wreck-It the Rabbit
1: oh you know I I think you know I it, think maybe Kelly it, Sheridan talked to us about that last year oh but really
0: okay yeah 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 Yeah, Kelly's a rock star yeah she played my mom on that and um, I, I, play, uh, I play her. well I play her son
1: yeah we did 100
0: episodes of that.
1: Uh, that that's pretty cool
0: so it's called She's A Oh, yeah, the other one's called She's Ow. So S S H E Z O W, And it's brilliant because it's about a, a a young kid who gets superhero powers, but because he stole a really special ring that was meant for his sister, um, every time he turns into a superhero, he turns into a superhero. He's a chick.
1: <laughs> wow. So I guess
0: She's zow will be so, the She's It. Exactly. <laughs> and you That's, get She's zizzy with it. <laughs> so, oh, oh. Um, it's uh, yeah, so check that out at your local Saturday morning cartoons and and all that jazz. And then um, what else? Jeez, and um gosh, just a, just kind of heading off on on a new adventure. I just did a, a guest spot on a uh, on a Disney um, cartoon just about last week in L. A. It's called Fish Hooks. <laughs> uh, so oh,
1: now that show is is pretty crazy. Fish go it is pretty awesome fish going to school, and it's a school of fish that's that's hilarious that's a knee slapper right there, Matt
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so like I say, it's been you know i mean i like, you know um I, I think as Ed would say, it was God bless us, everyone because we are um special, ooh. in the spirit of Thanksgiving (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) okay well um, anyway are there any scheduled appearances coming up for you for any conventions in the near future
0: oh yes well uh, just got booked on one in um, March um, down in the great state of Texas Um, and I believe it's either in Dallas or just outside of Dallas and I'm talking to the folks at another one in Texas that I think is the weekend before and it's down in Houston. Uh, then um I think we just got word that we're gonna be at Comic Con um in San Diego in July. Well there you go. June or July. There you go, Comic Comic Con. Uh, you know, you Comic Con, baby. You can't get any bigger than Comic Con, Matt.
1: That's like the that's like the WrestleMania conventions. And you cannot get bigger.
0: Any- well, yeah. And that's what I hear and I've never been able to go. I was supposed to go I was supposed to go with Ed Ed and Eddie, for God's sakes and um I just because I, I was doing triathlons at the time, I think I, I had an Ironman that weekend so I couldn't make it and uh um you know, and then last year and the year before, same thing. I was I was busy doing something else. But I will be there for Comic Con this year. Um but uh, oh I got a good strange strange happening for you. When I was at Stan Lee's convention just you know, this past September in LA, um I was <laughs> I was sitting at my booth and I looked across and there was the original Batman and Robin staring, staring at me going like, and, and I must say, I was, I, I was kind of proud of this moment because I had a bigger lineup than they did because, you know, they, they, you know, a bunch of kids and stuff found out that, you know, I was Ed and Raphael. And so it just happened to be, you know, at this point in the show, I I had a big lineup and I was holding court and I remember them, I, I, I remember them looking over and I remember thinking like, they're probably going, who's this Ed? <laughs> Oh, uh, It was brilliant, and and then also Lou Ferrigno was right next to them, you know the Hulk. Oh boy. And and then uh, and a beautiful '80s uh, you know TV uh, siren uh, babe named uh, Morgan Fairchild. Oh no! <laughs> it was brilliant. I I was like I remember kind of pitching myself, going, this is surreal. Like what, what do you say? It's um uh, uh uh secretly sur- strange. Surreal. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, that's really cool. I almost, you know, a couple of times I'm like, I, you know, I, I said a couple of the Batman words, you know, as I had, you know, I'm like, pow, zip, <laughs> zacooey," You so, know, did, did you that's, go, that's you, why I think they looked over.
1: Uh, did you go boing, smack, woosh. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Zimmer. <laughs> uh, it was I, I, great, I, I, I could, but. I can see XC Robin going, Holy jawbreakers, Batman, that's Ed and Eddie. Yes it is <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well it was it was kinda cool because um uh oh what was the name of that you remember the Monsters? You remember that show called The Munsters? You know
1: yeah. Do 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 yeah.
0: do 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 Okay, well you love know the little kid? Yeah. You know the little kid that was in that Eddie little Eddie Munster, I guess what was his name? Yeah, it was Eddie. Yeah, okay, well he was like he's now all grown up obviously um and uh i when I was at a convention in um uh what do you call it uh, St louis back in june he I guess he was there with the rest of them you know a couple of the Munsters and and uh it was his daughter that ended up meeting me as you know from ed and and I guess he all of a sudden he comes back and he's he's back with his daughter and, and it was just really odd you know- because he introduces he's like oh yeah hi, i'm so and so from you know from the Munsters. I'm like dude, I don't remember watching you when I was a kid. You know, and, and uh, you know, he's like, yeah, my daughter, really. Is it okay? Can I get an autograph or can I get a picture? And I was like, yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> can I have your car?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I- ironic, because you've got Ed and you've got Eddie, but you haven't got double D. I swear, if someone had ever walked by, that would have been just the holy freaking trinity right there.
0: Yeah, well, just so you know, you hear it here. I am going to try and get you an interview with um, Sam Vincent, who plays Double D, my buddy.
1: I'll tell you what, Sam Vincent, you know, really, mm-hmm. really sounds like a really cool guy to hang out, hang out with.
0: Well, he is okay, but he kind of is. Um, he is a little bit like Double D, so he gets a little bit. Um, How do you say um, OCD? He's always like, oh, messy, 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 messy. You know, so he's always like he's picking stuff up all the time and wiping doorknobs and, you know, touching like the lights on and off three times before he can go forward into a room. But that's okay. You can talk to you can talk to Sam about that.
1: Holy crap! I I will have to mention that to him. Uh, oh man, <laughs> that
0: does sound, that does it, sound perfect. It, it,
1: well, um, well, before it, we get into our listener questions, uh, we always like to ask our guests. Um, do you have any advice for those who want to get their start in the voice acting industry?
0: My nickel quarter, my Ed and Eddie quarter advice. Um, I would say you know if you got the older, if you got that urge and, you know, and it's, um, it is sparkly inside your heart, um, just go for it. You know, this is the crazy amazing thing about this business is that there's no one route to success. The only, the only route that's always the same for everybody is, you know, stay strong, stoke your fire. Um, you know, keep developing your craft and, and just connect, connect, connect and, You know, um, it's an amazing world that we live in, you know, especially animation and voiceover, you know, um, you you just just connect and keep going. You know, I I really that's my honest answer. It's uh, because it's so different a journey for everybody. Right. You know, if you feel like you got to do it by going and taking, you know, some voiceover classes, then, you know, I'd say that's probably a great place to start. You know, if if it's for some people, you know what I know. I want to do voices, but I kind of maybe feel like maybe I'm a better you know sports announcer, or I'm maybe I could be a great radio DJ. Although nobody's going to be as good as Dennis because you know he is the next greatest radio personality. This this is what I'm hearing, Uh, but you know people could come to you for that. Uh, But you know what I'm saying. I think it's really it is. It's one of those things where you know I like I said I remember when I had my light bulb moment, and I remember. I remember the day I decided, I was like, I'm going to do this, you know, and, and, um, you know, the one thing I'll leave you with is, you know, um, why shouldn't the world be able to share in your gifts? If you, if you feel like you've got those gifts to give, you know, no matter where it is in this industry, give it a go, you know, Um, because it's a great ride, my friends. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I never thought I'd say this, but, you know, if I could, if I could say this to my, to myself 25 years ago, you know, from today, I would have gone like wow, my friend, it has been a crazy, amazing ride, you know, um, and, and it really has, you know, I can't believe I'm on I'm on year 25, that's just like, whoa, because <laughs> I feel like I'm 25 and I'm just starting, you know, and so, you know, that's that's what I feel stoked about.
1: You know, I'm just going to throw this out there, Matt, we got to say it, Ed and Eddie's going to come back, and it just has to come back, Ed and Eddie has to come back. <laughs> You know, I've been brought well, up with Adventure <laughs> Time and Regular Show and Chowder and Flapjack and, and Flip Flop and all that crap. No show on Cartoon Network has been as good as Ed and Eddie. Yeah. And now they have live action shows on Cartoon Network.
0: I I humblely agree, my friend. <laughs> I don't
1: want to yep, watch dragons. Absolutely. I don't want to watch. Well, Matt's pretty funny, actually. I, I'll keep that. Animated yeah. time, they're they're good. But we gotta get rid absolutely. of some of, this, some of this crap on there. You know, like yeah, like Flash Jack and Chowder. You know, it, you know, cartoons <sighs> nowadays just, they don't have that same zip that Ed Ed and Eddie have, and and Danny yeah. If I could, I would. I would just. I would get down and I would bow before him because he he took our childhoods and just made them made them over the top with Ed and Eddie. Whether they were um, uh. whether they were selling down a, um, a river in a in a in an inner tube, uh, whether they were uh, doing fad freaky, uh, whether they were they were trying to wrestle the WWE strength up, it was. Uh. And, and and of course another one of my favorites the uh, one where they go into the haunted house because of Eddie Lions <laughs> that, was, that was great but um Ed and Eddie of course I gotta say it I'll say it again greatest Cartoon Network cartoon of all time and it's gotta come ever
0: ever ah well thanks Dad
1: ever. So anyway, we're going to take some of your mm. listener questions right now. If you want to sure. give us say a ring a, a ding ding on the shrimp line, be sure to call us at area code 347-884-9149 or tweet us at AT @explosion with your question for Mr. Hill. Our first question Wow! Now, I know I know we got all kinds of social networks and, and all I that. like
0: that um can uh is there any shrimp left? <laughs> uh
1: n- no nope, unfortunately there is no shrimp left, dad. Oh. I wish okay. we, yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hope you're one of those gigantic jawbreakers. I will hook you up with some shrimp, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Our first question comes from Nova Two Ace Girl. Uh, out of all the characters you have played, which one is your favorite, and why?
0: Well, um, I what was the lovely girl's
1: name again? Nova Two Ace Girl.
0: Hello Nova to Ace Girl. Um well, I would have to say that um probably my most favorite ever character. I'm not sure if you know, because I don't know if I have told it yet, but I will um I will break the silence and say that it is probably the um Ed from uh Ed Evanetti. It's a little show from Cartoon Network that you may or may not have ever heard of um but i thought it was a very sparkly adventure um and uh yeah i mean we it was had so much fun with the show i mean you know i mean i think in a way it's it's kind of like why you know 90 percent of the questions and the talk was around ed ed and eddie you know it's just it's just it's kind of the fishizzle you know but then i don't know but i get to do so many different things it's like you know i get you know i get to play uh what's his face kiro you know and card captors you know you know that little character that's like, oh, I just want some yummy pudding. You know, it's I get to do some really cool things. You know, and um, but but definitely did I answer? Are you are you getting like live, um, you know, like thumbs up from from the listeners asking these questions, Dennis?
1: Well, we actually posted this on our on our YouTube channel.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Well, if you could say back to that lovely lady that double thumbs up, Ed loves love her.
1: We will make sure that gets back to her. Ed,
0: I guarantee it. Okay.
1: Right. Our next question is from make man pones all 363 Well, actually, it's not a question, but uh, they want to talk a little bit about your uh, your uh, work on My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. I don't know if you know this, but in the United States, My <laughs> Little Pony, Friendship is Magic is a uh, pretty big juggernaut among my listening audience. And, of course, on there, you actually play one of the Wonderbolts, uh,
0: Soren. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, what was actually really funny about playing Soren was, um, you know, again, art imitating life, because I literally just returned from that, you know, 11,000-mile run around North America, and I guess about, what, I don't know, maybe a month or two after getting getting home, um, I got the call to come in and play Soren, and, and and it was perfect, because I go in there, they're like, dude, just be yourself, okay? Think of all the adventures that you've done, think of what you just came back from, and just be extreme! <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, you know, basically just played myself, you know, in cartoons for him, and, uh, you know, as I get to do with all the characters, but uh, actually, that's what the convention is in March. I think it's a pony convention. Ooh! I think it is, yeah. I think it is. So so if there's any pony fans out there that would like Matt Hill to come and represent some ponies, um, just get a hold of my agent, um, Jerry, you can go onto to my website, matt hyphenhill dot com. Uh, go to my uh, have Matt at your event, um or contact Matt. And um Mr Jerry Cates would uh would be more than happy to uh take your request.
1: And we'll uh, make sure to link your website to the All Taste Explosion website at com. All Taste Explosion. I feel I like
0: that. It's a, it's a great, great website.
1: Oh, oh, thank you. It's actually our uh, our main show. The, the Dennis Dale Show is a small branch off the All Taste Explosion with the Boogaloo Shrimp wow. featuring John Pokemon.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Huge! Thank you.
1: Yes, and, <laughs> Yes, and if you guys want Matt Hill at your pony convention, make sure to pay his character with some...
0: Pie. (laughs) Pie. Pie is good. Yes, that and any other character convention. I am open for business. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's always so great to come to a a con and, you know, get to, like you say, get to hang out. And, and, uh, you know, I have... I humbly say I have a pretty good, uh, I got a pretty good hour-long um, fan panel that I do, and um, you know we get, get to like do this, we get to hang and talk about you know fun stuff, but also you know we talk about real stuff and how we can all you know make a difference in our own lives, you know with with things that we love doing, you know it's like look what you're doing with your show, right? You know you, you're obviously passionate about it and. You know, you're great at what you do, and so then that builds your audience, and, you know, everybody feels good. I think, you know, that that's what it's all about in in, in my concern. As well, I think Ed know, would I, say, it is all about gravy love. The, the, I, I love that. And of course, of
1: course, if you all want to go see Soren and that one dragon that goes, I think he's Crackle's cousin, and then and I can understand, you know, because Crackle's, you know, he's a little, uh... Yeah. Oh, I would have it. Yeah. <laughs> That just that that out of nowhere that 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 weird dragon going whoa it? it's like it's like because that, that was actually funny. I, I, but of course, talking more about dragons, you're going to, want to talk to Kathy Westlick, who plays Spike the dragon.
0: And of Absolutely.
1: Time, uh gosh, you know all these great guys that you got you get to hang out with. I got to I got to meet um Scott McNeil uh, last month. In, <laughs> uh in um, August, <laughs> and oh boy, he was he was sitting on the man of ten thousand
0: voices. Yeah, the man with ten thousand
1: yep. voices, all of them Koga.
0: The man with exactly, yeah, he is definitely the man of ten thousand voices.
1: Gosh, I remember uh, I was I was trying to get with this uh, girl, and um, he goes up to her. He goes, Kagome, you're my mate. Why don't you get the mutt face over here and come with me? And I get his face. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what did you say, wolf boy? He goes.
0: Sir. Uh I, I, you know, Dennis, if you ever decide not to do a radio show, you know, I think you should get into cartoons, brother.
1: You are not the first person to say that, Matt. You are <laughs> the, you're not the first and
0: you're not the last. Uh, uh, but I, <laughs> well, it all starts with liking your own voice.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think I like my voice. I think I'll keep it.
0: Yeah. That's a great thing, man. Absolutely. Uh, take Stig it, too. Okay. Oh, yes, because voice
1: after the take it, the Ladies.
0: Exactly, My, you know, my girlfriend Kate said it's not about how you look, Matt. It's about how you sound. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: oh, it's, uh, well, well, I'm pretty much screwed in both areas.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So, do we? Um, do, you, do you have another question from um, from anybody? Yeah.
1: Yes, we actually have a. Uh, we have two more. And um, okay, this next one's from geshtar 82 With the Wii U coming out this year. What do you think captain Wii u n would be like? I'd assume he'd ha- be like the Terminator and have infinite time stopping potential than more than captain n's one minute pause action. And I don't know if you heard about the Wii U it's like this it, it's the Wii with this little tablet thing, so oh. I, I guess he's trying to he's trying to figure out that there might you know might need to be a reincarnation of Captain n instead of you know hmm. instead, of the, uh, instead of having the the uh, Nintendo NES the instant folder you have a, a Wii U tablet and, you
0: know wow yeah. Yeah, totally. You know what? I, I mean, it's fully, it's fully digital. It's fully, uh, actually, no, it's laser. Um, and um, you know, it's it's all high def. It's all, it's bigger, bigger, bigger. It's like you're going to the biggest movie theater ever, sitting in the largest, most comfy chair with the biggest popcorn and drink. Um, you know, it's Captain N on um, the juice. It's uh, it's the best thing ever. And you know, what I think would be really cool is kind of like what they did with you know all those you know, superheroes like, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger and um, you know, whatchamacallit when they yeah what was that, the expendables? You know, when they brought all these former, you know, big, huge, massive action stars together. I think that it should be that, you know, but it should be like Captain Nintendo, um, you know, like twenty five years later. <laughs> so he's forty, you know?
1: Or, or, he's got a wife,
0: two kids or and they're gonna go save the planet. The
1: cap- or his son could be the next captain in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it'd be, it'd be awesome, and maybe John Goodman could play my dad or something. You know, I
1: could see that. I could
0: see that. <laughs> no, actually, John good- Goodman, John Goodman see- would play hippo, and uh, you know, we could get like, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, Tony Danza would play like Kid Ickers. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: or 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 for Mother Brain, you could have Kevin Michael Richardson. He, he's pretty. Good. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> he, he could do that. Yeah, but I think I think Mother Brain should be Jewish now. So I think we should get Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Uh, I don't know. You, you know. You know. I would think that a Jerry Lewis, you know, being crazy after being let go from the uh, Labor Day Telethon, you know, he might be he might be a lot better of a choice.
0: Or uh, yeah, actually, yeah. You know, you're, you're telling. But I, I have a question for Jerry Lewis crazy. What? Sorry. Look at the time. <laughs>
1: oh. Okay. Well, we'll take we'll take one final question or a final request. Yeah. It's a it's a voice request if you, if you're up to doing voices. Yeah. Um it's for uh yeah, kind of shy. It's for Kiro from Card Captors. Um and uh it's from Girl Draco Seven. He wants to know what is what is it about Lee that you hate the most and what is your favorite dessert?
0: Well, uh what I dislike the most about Lee is that well, actually I can't really say that because I have to swear, so it wouldn't be very good. But my absolute favorite dessert in the whole wide world is yummy pudding. So thank you so much for watching Cardcaptor for all those episodes and for keeping Kiro, the young man, and the bitch dude that he is.
1: Okay, get out of here, you little little ragamuffin. Shoot, shoot, go on, get, get. Yeah, 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 Hey, 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 calm down, here, you old furball. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> okay, well well unfortunately, Matt, the time has come, the Walrus said that the show must it now is come to an end and I to gotta an <laughs> end. Yeah, or to the end.
0: <laughs> yep, to <laughs> the end. I,
1: I gotta say I gotta say, Matt, this was truly a, a huge honor and I, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart being on here and making this such an awesome birthday episode, and I just, I cannot wait to see you in the new Pac-Man, it's going to come real soon. Guys, check out yep. matt com for all the cool things going on in Matt Hill's life, uh, check out uh, Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation on Netflix, and you can even purchase Seasons 1 and 2 of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, the complete first and second season, and the complete series of Captain in the Game Master, now available on DVD. Matt, thank you so wow. much for being on the show, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on in the near future.
0: Absolutely. Mr. Dennis, you are a, um, you are a solid stand-up kind of citizen, so thank you for being you, and um, remember everyone out there to reach for your dreams and inspire from yourself inside and go out and do great gravy things in the world. Uh,
1: I like the way you think, Ed. How about we go and get some jawbreakers from the candy store?
0: I think we shall. Um, okay. And we will invite the Carter sisters. Oh well, well we, Oh, we
1: gotta we gotta run like hell from them. Well, guys, we'll I know catch you down the road. Okay, buddy. Well, thank you for having me. Bye, bye, everybody. All right, we'll catch you guys down the road. This is Dennis Daniel Show. Until next time. Good night, Chachi.